everybody. My name is Colleen Honeypepper. I am one of your hosts of this Drunk Monkeys Logcast. My name is Chris Pruitt. I am the other host of Drunk Monkeys Logcast. Matt Guerrero, producer. We are here to discuss. We're, we're almost done with season two. It's been years, but we're here to discuss season two, episode 21 of Twin Peaks, Miss Twin Peaks. Um, we run a literary journal called Drunk Monkeys. You can find us at drunkmonkeys.us. We also have a chapbook press called Cherry Dress, uh, in which we have many poetry chapbooks either available or coming. Uh, check us out if you can. You just go to Drunk Monkeys and there's a tab for Cherry Dress there. You can also follow us on Twitter. Drunk Monkeys and Cherry Dress have separate Twitter accounts. Um, we will be closed for submissions starting July 1st, and we will be closed for about a month. Um, opening back up in August for August, September. So uh, if you have something to submit to us, get it in and our June issue will be out soon. Uh, I believe we're aiming for the 19th. Um, so like I said, we're going to be talking about Miss Twin Peaks. We're a spoiler light podcast. We don't spoil stuff that goes, you know, anything ahead of the episode we're talking about. I don't know why you would join us this late in the game, but if you are, that is the deal. Uh, we just talk about each episode scene by scene and it's very fun. Um, this episode, <laughs> if you're not having fun, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> Listener, episode, you must be having fun. <laughs> well, you have to have fun if you're listening to us. You have fun people only. That's true. Uh, yeah, we episode, don't, we don't want you if you aren't. Okay. Right, right. Right. So, yeah. No fun. No, no losers allowed. Anything. Yeah. Haters. <laughs> no and, bummers. And what did you say yeah. when you were sending the link? Haters will see. <laughs> yeah. Right. The haters and losers are seething. That's right. right. Seething yeah. and coping. Uh, <laughs> also seething and coping <laughs> is uh leo and and the major here in Earl, in windham earl's cabin in the woods uh this episode is it's so funny because the last episode we talked about how amazing it was and creepy and and really getting into like the good lore and like why did it take them so long and then we get this episode which isn't really that great compared to like the one before it and then the one after it so it's kind of like just yeah. funny that it, it just exists it um, it does have some of that good stuff in it but it also has a lot of let's tie off some other plot point that we know you don't care about by this mm-hmm. point and we and barely the, care about and, and then in the yeah. end it just like to me just falls apart completely and we'll get to it yeah well <laughs> I think that's a very like, common thing though i mean it, this is obviously like twin peaks is early in like prestige tv um but like the penultimate episode can all always feel rushed like you got so much to get in if you want to make a big splash finale yeah but i feel like that's really common now but yeah, it wasn't here you know yeah. yeah and yeah and it i mean it, obviously we'll probably be much more on mike about this over the next couple of episodes but mm-hmm. you know here we as we've alluded to, the finale of season two is really strong. And then it kind of gets recontextualized a number of different times by the film and then the return season. So it's interesting the way it goes on from here. But this is probably the last kind of crappy episode of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, it's notable in the sense that this is the yeah. last one that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so we begin, like I said, in, in Wyndham Earl's cabin in the woods. Um. The last episode left off on a very disturbing note where like Leo and the major were just being tortured and screaming and it was loud and everything was horrible. It really upset me (laughs) to watch that scene. Um, Here, Wyndham is not in the cabin, but we have Leo shackled, like his arm is up ahead of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the major is also shackled, but more like kind of unconscious laying down. Um, Leo 
has decided enough is enough. He's going to get out of these shackles and he kind of drags like a table over to him and he manages mm. to, to get loose and he unties the major and he goes, save Shelly. Like the dude is still asleep. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> give him a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just shake off whatever is happening to him. Yeah. So clearly like major Briggs is still fucked from the, uh the drugs he got shot up with by Wyndham Earl in the prior episode. Um I don't really know what I want to make of this Leo suddenly be being concerned about yeah. saving Shelly here. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I'm supposed to take this seriously as like a face turn for him at the very end, or if it's just, you know, he is completely lost in this combinatory haze of like traumatic brain injury plus uh uh, you know, whatever brainwashing he has going on through Wyndham Earl, and he's just reacting this way because he knows he recognizes Shelly's face or something. I don't really know what to make of it. And we don't get much additional context mm-hmm. other than that he suddenly is telling uh he's is telling Major Briggs, I want you to save Shelly, basically. And yeah. I I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah, I take it at face yeah. value, but I just think it flat out doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think That's they're the trying to make him like not quite heroic, but realize, oh, uh, Wyndham is so much more evil than even I am as an right. abusive partner. So I'm going to save her from him. But it's like too little, too late, man. Yeah, <laughs> this, it, it, it falls flat. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. We have spent no more than 48 episodes about right. how much suck. Like it's like I, I don't think I needed Leo Johnson of all characters to have a sympathetic turn in the last right. like, you know, two episodes of the original run of the hour. series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it just does nothing for me in that way. I totally agree. Um so Shelly, they they close up to Shelly on like the Queen of Spades card, which like first of all, the Queen of Spades card is nothing. Unless unless it's something, because I'm really bad with, like, card games. But it's not, like, the Ace of Spades or the Queen of Hearts or something. It's, just, like, mm-hmm. the Queen of Spades seems very, like, boring to me. Uh, but I kind of also think that that's an awesome, like, card. It, like, looks cool. I'm like, I want yeah. that framed in, like, my bathroom or something. Um. So, but then what's really funny here is then, like, the, the major, like, stumbles out or whatever. And we cut to the cabin again yeah <laughs> like there's this insane sort of cut and you think like the scene is changing but it's literally just the cabin you go right back to the same spot it's, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Weirdest lot, choice. a lot of weird editing choices in this yeah. episode i think i'm Very gonna have weird. several other places to mention that here but and yeah, as far as it, i can tell that's not like a commercial break no, like, no like, I don't think it, it is. just goes straight to the. It's thing. it's just yeah. to show a x amount of time passes between yeah. the major stumbling out and uh, Wyndham Earl coming yeah. back, and it's like I don't, I don't know that I <laughs> we don't even that. have like a cut to like, like you could have cut to like the breeze in the trees or like yeah. an apple or like just uh-huh. any of the insane like little like things that or like of the, the board's head on the wall or some weird thing I don't mm. know, but like uh no they just cut to the mm. to the cabin again. Um, this is really creepy and, and kind of effective. We have Wyndham Earl. He comes in looking ghastly. Like his yeah. his skin is gray. His eyes are red. He is creepy. And he's talking to Leo and he's like, how dare you get the, like, let the, like, Major Briggs go. And I'm going to miss you because you were such a good confidant and trained animal. And it's it's like very dehumanizing and creepy. But then he holds this like like burlap bag to his face and then lowers it and his face is the thing of nightmares. Like he is black lodged out. Uh he is yeah. like a hundred percent Halloween store employed out. 
It is so <laughs> creepy and, and off-putting and very like, oh, David Lynch is is here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got like black teeth or something. Like yeah. it, it's very weird looking. It's very um, off-putting, but it's also yeah. like, ugh, because like, I mean, he already looked kind of creepy, but it's just, it's like a, you know, no, very kind of what's the movie that Lynch did with uh Laura Dernwer face gets all like I'm blanking. All I can think of is Inland Empire. Empire. Yes, in, it's like yeah. very like an inland empire, like it <laughs> or like the the creepy thing in the back of the of jinkies on uh Mahal um, Drive. Drive. All right, 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 yeah. Just very off putting. Uh, I wrote he has an evil face. He he does. Um uh, one thing I don't want to miss about his dialogue here is he says he says something along the lines of like, I'm mad at you for letting the major go, but also it's too late for him to fuck this up at this point. So clearly right. Earl thinks he's like so locked, dialed in on whatever, whatever exactly his plan is here that, uh, he, you know, it cannot even be sabotaged by somebody who has the sort of beyond knowledge that we know the major kind of has uh, to really do anything to stop him at this point. Yeah, he is trying to gain access to the Black Lodge. And as we're going to get into in a few scenes, uh, there's like specific parameters for that. And and he seems to be locked into it. So he's very confident <laughs> about his infiltration. Um, we, we cut from that ghastly image to Norma looking snatched. She's just good to look at. <laughs> well, well, I I, I want to pay attention. The specific cut is to a from Earl's horrifying fucking face to a cut open piece of the cherry pie yeah. in Norma's oh, I place, totally missed which that. which has this weird off putting thing of like you know that constantly referred to as like the sort of comfort food of the of the show, you know, and to have that cut happen, it's like kind of off putting. And then you go to Norma looking yeah. very Gosh. very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually missed that, but I wasn't eating when I when I watched this. I probably was like shoving tikka masala in my face. <laughs> also kind of gruesome. Good for um, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, I made it. It was so good. Well, I'll post the recipe on the Twitter. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> <It's really good. laughs> uh so yeah, and we have her. She's beautiful. And she's uh this scene is so funny because she's like, here's my contribution to the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. And uh, girls, I'm so excited for you. And, uh, you know, this this city really needs, this town needs a lot of, like, positive vibes right now. And you have Annie go, oh, you mean, like, you're talking about Laura Palmer. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, the woman we haven't talked about in 36 right. episodes that, like, it was the pivotal reason why all of this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was, it's very, like, shoehorned in. And I think it, and it comes off, it's very funny. Um, yeah. the way it happens yeah and then they're also and she's like healing vibes only and then they're also like and it's also the 20th anniversary of you winning and i'm like oh we're getting a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lot of well that, here. so er, like so we remember norma is going to be one of the judges but yes. i i don't think we've previously had this context that she was a prior winner of miss mm -hmm. twin peaks um so it's like it's funny the way she's talking about this in the beginning of the scene she says we have to have somebody up there who really deserves it especially this year it's like she is so concerned about the sanctity of right. the uh of the miss twin peaks pageant which nobody has ever talked about before like one it. or two episodes prior to this um it'd be and, like and, if they unwrapped laura palmer in the first episode and they're like, but she was the shoe in for the yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna play this doing pigs now? What the hell? Uh, yeah, everybody's very worried about it all of a sudden. 
Um, and yeah, so it's like we get that fill in that like, oh, she's a prior winner. So, you know, maybe this means something to her own credibility to have some something there. I mean, it is a cute little detail. It's also just very like we're really ramming this yeah. plot point in here at the last possible instant, you know? <laughs> um, I also like the camaraderie between Shelly and Annie, like, yeah. you know, yeah, they're, they're kind of like standoffish with, the, not really standoffish, but kind of like, we don't really know each other yeah. in the previous episodes, but now they're like kind of like leaning in on each other and they're like, who are you going to vote for, Norma? Maybe mm. you could split your vote. And it's like super <laughs> cute and I love them and they both look so pretty and I'm like, if only the Twin Peaks, like, like I say vibe a lot but if only the Twin Peaks vibe was just Norma Shelley and like Annie like just running on those fumes all the time we would be like better people as a society (laughs) yeah that would be a good like slice of life show yeah I I feel like the last time we saw Annie and Shelley like really interact was when Shelley was like do you want to tell me about how much you want to kiss Agent Cooper and she's like (laughs) no I definitely I super have never wanted to kiss Agent Cooper and now they're like buddies it's like we, we have a feeling that like a friendship has bloomed there Mm -hmm. which is like it stands in direct opposition to the lore dump of oh norma you won miss twin peaks 20 (laughs) years ago it's like we have this sort of naturally occurring friendship between these two waitresses at the diner that actually kind of clicks in the moment even though it's like just barely there i like it too because it's very realistic to like those like oh you become close with people you work with sometimes yeah Yeah, even if they're not a person you would normally be close with or whatever but because of that proximity and shared experience you do yeah, I'm still friends with people I worked with like 15, 14, mm-hmm. 19 yeah. years ago. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, hey, guys. It's just kind of funny. I like it. It's This is a funny little scene. Now we cut from here to Audrey. <laughs> She's in this like very dramatic red dress staring yeah. into like a fire in Ben's office or whatever. Uh, or in po- just, like, posting feet on Maine, by the way. Right. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. You, you would wearing... not you would not get this scene on free television in 2023. Yeah. It would <laughs> it'd be only on the premium edition. I wrote Audrey is in red because she's a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> she like was deflowered. It's, it's like the least like... subtle imagery yeah. of all time. Like... like the bingo card on fetishism with Audrey has been completed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. It was already <laughs> almost completely blacked out and now it's just done. You know, yeah. there's nothing left. It's like she saw like she read the scarlet letter and she was like, I'm gonna one up. I'm right, not gonna yeah. wear a scarlet letter. I'm gonna wear a scarlet dress. The whole thing right. is gonna be scarlet because I got banged. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so she's she's kind of just like ho hum, and then and then Ben comes in and he's like Audrey, and he's so funny because he has a pile of religion. He's like, she's like, what's that book? And he's like, it's the Quran. And <laughs> when I was watching this with Fritz, and he like lost it. He was just like, oh yeah, just like it's, some light it's- reading. It's like it's every like vaguely religious or philosophical text he could think to grab. Right. He's like, it's, it's the, the Quran and the Talmud and the Bhagavad Gita and yeah. the fucking like Tao Te Ching and like. He's like, you there's know. even a chicken soup for the teenage soul. Yeah, that's in there. He's got like, yeah. Uh, he says uh, that he it's it's like every book about humanity's philosophy of good. He's doing some soul searching. He's got some good lines here. Uh, I genuinely like Ben. Ben is a terrible person, but I like his character. Yeah. And I especially have like a fondness for this post uh, Civil War breakdown, Ben, where he's just right. like eating pocket celery and reading the like the Talmud all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kind of like this kind of like extremely performative. I'm going to try to be a good guy right. now yeah. thing. It's like yeah. it's pretty funny and it's 
I, I think it benefits from the comparison to the whole Civil War arc because he's like, right. prior to that, he's such an interesting character. And then that whole section is so painful to watch that mm-hmm. just seeing him do anything funny again is like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good with this. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, she And he and Audrey have this like moment of chatting about Jack, which is kind of weird because she's just like, basically like oh man i totally had sex with him without saying it and he's like that's cool and i'm like this is just a weird conversation for like a daughter and a dad but then also like their boundaries have always been very bonkers yeah and uh and you know there's like a bunch of gross stuff between them in the first season that's like uh like dodged bullets (laughs) so um so they're you know they talk and he says time heals all wounds which i thought was really funny because i actually have a tattoo on my leg that says time heals nothing (laughs) which is a crowbar (laughs) (laughs) you know the band uh so it was funny because when he said that fritz was like not according to your leg (laughs) Um, which i've kind of walked fritz has been doing some light reading recently is what it sounds like to me (laughs) uh, usually i watch these episodes with aiden but aiden was out for the night so Mm. fritz was like i'll watch it with you why not Uh, high school graduate aiden yes yeah (laughs) Uh, my son graduated high school last month and uh very proud of him so uh he's got a lot of free time to watch a lot of twin peaks with me now (laughs) (laughs) um so so yeah i love the color commentary that the men i live with (laughs) often give to this this show (laughs) uh but but okay so ben has an amazing line here where he says that the time audrey and jack had together was highly concentrated Mm -hmm. and it's such a good amazing line and then she fucking loves it you take this chris because yes i wrote this down because she immediately follows it up with it's the concentrate they make concentrate from yeah which is i mean i know it's like it's supposed to be she's a teen and having corny feelings about this i mean obviously it's supposed to be but it's woof like it just feels like i need to like pause this and stand up and walk around yeah that's some george lucas dialogue right there yeah that was was really tough i was like i was like oh what a cool oh (laughs) <laughs> like he immediately in pops the balloon right Real community just, vibes yeah. uh, but um but yeah so so she, you know and then she's like do you think he'll be back and he's like he made a promise to you that he'll be back so he will be readers he will not yeah yeah Ron, Ron <laughs> Howard voice, he won't be. we will never ever think about this man again uh, yeah, I know we've been it, saying that, but once this season is over, that's it. And I don't and even it, think he comes up next episode. So I, I don't think his name is ever mentioned again anywhere. I, I don't even think in the books it's ever mentioned no. again off the top of my head. He's just fully gone. He's and gone. It, it, in retrospect, it's really funny how much time they spend on like the last episode where she's like watching the plane fly away. And then like this episode where she's having this lengthy conversation with her dad about it. And it's just, it's nothing. It's just gone. Now. His time on the show was nothing. His time was just like, I mean, hey, it was I'm very here. funny though. Here's, <laughs> here's of, my amazing of, sweater. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of good sweaters, bad hair pieces, extremely stupid lines of dialogue. I mean, really an MVP three episodes episode run for uh billy zane here you got to give it up but <laughs> what does it mean in the context of the show nothing it means yeah. nothing. Yeah. there's no lore there's yeah. no it's there's nothing happening here it's like basically yeah. the only thing in twin peaks where it's like there's no lore you yeah know? there's it's literally no lore this is just a guy uh he could have been erased from the show and no one would have noticed yeah um okay so um 
for oh so then audrey mentioned she had gone up to seattle and she like got all this like bank information about what's happening with the ghostwood stuff and and if you know me you know like i literally wrote boring uh yeah this this, nothing takes me out of something more Mm -hmm. which is funny because i love succession and i'm like (laughs) i have no idea what like that i literally have the homer like brilliant i have no idea what's going on thing when i watch (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Uh, there was like a tweet that was like guys on succession well we could like sell for one but maybe two and it's like me not knowing what the fuck is happening. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the thing not to go too far down this rabbit hole, the, the thing that succession does very, very well is writing individual character reactions to things yeah. so that if you don't understand the mechanics of what they're talking about, you can instantly tell what it means by the yeah. tone with which the characters are engaging it. And in Twin Peaks, when they occasionally go off into this like financial drama, it's just like, robot face dumping information and it's like i i don't care and you're not trying to make me care so also you can tell on succession by who is saying it whether it's a good idea or not right right if the kids are saying it no (laughs) it's the (laughs) wrong move Uh, but yeah. here it's like Audrey. I mean, does she, is she right about this? Is she wrong? I, yeah. I don't know. And it, it like doesn't really make that much sense in yeah. retrospect that like Ben even sends Audrey to do this. She's doing like financial institution espionage or something, right? And it's like, why? Why would she be the yeah. most likely candidate for that? It, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, also, why would they tell her any of that? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of weird. I'm like, I feel like that would be like private info i like i'm not really 100 percent on on like the legalities there but i'm like yeah oh uh so he's like okay cool great and then uh i think they talk about the miss peaks thing a miss twin peaks thing a little i didn't write any of that down yeah well he's trying to get her to compete right right yeah he wants her to compete he wants her to deliver his political speech for him essentially and Mm -hmm. he thinks it's a good platform for it yeah we're going to see that she she ends up doing it. I'm just going to spoil that right away. Uh, I don't even know why there's like a, oh, will she do like she the When they show her later in the episode, it's like she always was going to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anywho, uh, I wrote boring. Okay, so now we're, we go to the, to the sheriff's department. Uh, we have Andy looking very closely at this map. Uh, this is like the, the petroglyph or whatever it's called. Of of like that they got in the in the cave that like everyone's like oh yeah the cave that everyone like fucks in or whatever they yeah, acted yeah. like it was like oh it's secret <laughs> but everyone knew where it was even yep. Annie for right. some reason yep. um Br- Briggs is still missing they're like oh we we've got everybody looking for Briggs except for like all of the cops that are in this room right now. <laughs> Like it the tur- yeah, it turns out everybody is just Hawk, just as Hawk. we'll find out later. Uh, <laughs> and, and to be fair, Hawk is their best guy at finding a dude. Right. So, I mean... Maybe there's that, like, that guy from the last episode. Remember, they were just like, oh, like, oh. Trinity here or whatever his name is. <laughs> Donkey or something, like, yeah, extremely stupid sounding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, of course, Earl, Wyndham Earl has been listening in via this, like, bugged bonsai tree for, like, ever at this point. And they're talking about... Um, <laughs> so funny <laughs> Coop is like Harry I gotta tell you some intimate details about Josie's death now that you're not completely insane from it but I think she like died of fright because she was literally quaking and I saw Bob it's like why would he... it's been like three weeks yeah. like, he's been fine for like two and a half of those weeks why is this just now coming up and he's like well, 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's just some nuance. It's just no, no. I mean, you're not. I mean, it's just more the convolution of him. Wait, Harry, I needed to wait until we were in this room with the bugged bonsai tree before Uh I explained this whole theory of how you access the Black Lodge through powerful instances of fear and how I think Bob is an entity. It's like he does the biggest like lore dump yet. And it like like he's talking directly into the microphone like I am right now as if he's doing like right. a podcast or something. It's, <laughs> and, and Earl, meanwhile, on the other side is like Eureka! Amazing. What's so funny? He's like, uh, yeah, I think Bob was attracted. Like, I think there's an attraction to fear, and I think there's a connection between Bob and the Black Lodge. It's like, you yeah, know, shit, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like saying, I think there's a connection between. Like, I don't even know. I don't have an example. I don't know why oh. I started. But this whole scene, this like list, like info dump, reminds me. Do you remember that scene in like Wet Hot American Summer? Where they're like, <laughs> wait a minute. And they just like figure out the, like how to stop the satellite or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Figure yeah. it out like as they're talking the way we're talking now. Right, and they're like, right. wait, you're literally like Eureka. Like that's like the same sort of like energy this scene has. Yeah. Where it's yeah. just like very goofy. That's really um, funny. I would never have thought of that comparison, but you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love what hot American summer. Um, and then he's like, I think like I think this is the evil in these woods. And it's like, we all knew that from episode two. Like, why did yeah, it take you yeah. this long to figure this out? Um, and it feels like Cooper should have had a, a real deep understanding of that. That's right. like, I thought he already we did. talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Where, where this sort of, like, especially at this point in the show, where his, like, tapping into spiritual and supernatural things has completely fall- fallen apart. Yeah, especially and, since Annie has been there. Yeah, and we're gonna get like a little bit of acknowledgement about that towards the very end of this episode. So I, I don't think it's entirely off the page, but it's it's still like represents kind of an inconsistency to the character in terms yeah. of you know what we expect him to do and how we expect him to function in the narrative versus what he actually winds up doing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right, right. Oh, and it's really funny because I think this was about the time where Fritz was like, "Wait, Matt hasn't seen these." And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for Matt to experience, like, the rest of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so um, so we kind of, like, while this is happening, we cut over to uh, Wyndham, who's listening in. And he goes, I haven't been this excited since I punctured Carolyn's aorta. And I'm like, first of all, that's fucked up. But also, what a hardcore line that is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, holy shit, that rules. And I wrote... <laughs> It's a shame it's taken this long to get to this cool Earl content. Like he's been very mm-hmm. goofy until these last few episodes and and in and, and like evil in like this way that's like, this is so silly. But now he's like that creepy face and he's like, you know, uh talking mm-hmm. about like Black Lodge stuff, like on that creepy recording from the last episode. And he's just like, Oh my god, I can't wait to like get in on this evil. And I'm like, this is like the like chillingly creepy. Yeah. And I wish that we had had more of that. Yeah. yeah. And even like later in the episode, there is a little more like slapstick Earl, but it's it's better contextually when it's happening amongst this, you know, where it feels <laughs> like there is sinister purpose to it because then it it's doing something other than just being like, well, that's a dumb costume, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the, the, to me, the horse costume in the last episode was like actually scary. Right. Right. Yeah, like right. that's so goofy to see. I'm like, that's like, if I saw that in the woods, I would cry. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be like, why is this? Happening? Something is very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> is wrong. And just like with the mayor, something is wrong here. 
Um, so then he's like, well, Leo, uh, you see ya. <laughs> and he's got Leo hooked up to this like Rook Goldberg thing. I wrote and the exact same thing. Of yeah. Spiders. <laughs> It's like a box of spiders that's suspended above his head via a string that's run through a couple of like pulleys that's tied to one of his teeth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is the first thing in this episode that is really, truly unsettling, actually. Look on Leo's face, the the kind of like the way that the string is like uh, extending his mouth. It's very creepy. Yeah, and it like pans slowly from his face up the string. So it's like you can't tell what the contraption even is until the very end of the spiders. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) I mean, mean, like, I know there's supposed to be like tarantulas and they're poisonous and there's like a bunch of them or whatever, but I'm like, like, this is so creepy. And then you just have spiders. Right. right. You could have anything. I mean, speaking been... for purely myself, I do not want the spiders. So oh, no, no, no. Like, I, wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't either. Trust me. Like I hate spiders, but uh, but ugh. um, I tried to. There was one on the couch, like the back of the couch, the other day, and I tried to get it, and it like jumped away, and I never found it again, and I was like so unnerved for three days. So it got to burn down the whole house now. It's I was, done. Like, yeah. I'm just hoping he, wherever he is, he he's okay. I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> I wrote ooh spooky. Um, okay, so now, oh, <laughs> from here we got to uh, the Miss Twin Peaks dance routine practice. Mm. And we have this very, like, flamboyant um, dance instructor that I don't think we've seen before. If we, we we've have. heard him mentioned, Mr. Yeah. Pinkle, and somebody, Pinkle. and then I think it was Dick who's like, what's a Mr. Pinkle yeah. or whatever? Like, <laughs> And he's like, two, three, four, shashay, two. And they're, like, not great at it. And I wrote, who are half of these women? Yeah. Like it's yeah, I was like all these like too. yeah, like you it's, got it, we've got the few we recognize, and mm-hmm. then it's filled out with a cast of randos. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, like it's it's like this awkward like kind of sexy, not sexy dance right. routine thing. Yeah, and where. <laughs> The the girls are kind of like like what what is the deal with with this dance like why are we doing this yeah dance? why like, is this happening yeah. <laughs> uh uh Mr oh Pinkle I I just want to no... uh, cut in real quick yeah Pinkle um is David L Lander so he's been in the show before um he's done a lot of different things um he... who is he in the show. Was he Mr. Pinkle? We have him uh, listed as a choreographer, pine weasel expert, and home care salesman. Oh, he was. He's, the pine yeah, weasel he's guy. the same guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that's okay. the same yeah, guy. Yeah, but that's what because I just recognized the actor because he was on Laverne and Shirley. Um, oh, cute. So that's what threw me off. So okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we that, do know that makes sense because it that's feels like a totally different context, and yeah. that's why it's yeah. like he's a new but guy. He can do everything. Yeah. He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, he thinks I'm a new guy because they put the hat on. You know, <laughs> yeah, <thing>. Mr. Pinkle <laughs> is no Bob Fosse. So, uh, but um, it, it's so funny because here Fritz was like, "Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks is full of a lot of slinky babes." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, so like they're practicing, and yeah, it's very much like, why is this even happening? Who knows? Uh, then as this is happening, we have the judge chat. So we have the mayor, we have Dick, and we have Norma, and they're just kind of, you know talking about stuff uh but then this leads into i don't think they say anything really very like important but here. not important it is kind of a funny conversation because it's like <laughs> it's like this very stilted like what do you think the real like 
philosophical bent of the Miss Twin Peaks winner should be? Like, what what are the qualities we're really looking for here? And the mayor says beauty and power. Um, Dick says poise, sophistication, and breeding. Breeding, and, I uh, thought, was very... Yeah, I should have wrote yeah. that down, actually. And, and then <laughs> uh, Norma said originality. Uh, so yeah. that was... That's where all of our judges are coming from. Uh, what now, this is doing... Oh, before you, now, what do you think he meant by breeding? Do you think he meant came from good breeding stock? I or absolutely do you think, think breedability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which no, the first. Is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and I, it's I'm as gross tell as you it what, can be. Yeah. I, there's some concrete <laughs> evidence for that as we move forward in this episode. But <laughs> um, So speaking of that, uh, what this is leading into is the mayor's plan that uh, basically um, Lana the sex witch <laughs> yeah, is, is going to do sex witch stuff to Dick so that, you know, they'll have a 2-3 vote on making Lana win, basically the mayor and Dick. They really uh, wanted to win that scholarship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She really needs the scholarship, I guess. Uh, I wrote Lana is trying to use her magic pussy on Dick. <laughs> Yeah, a very a, a kind of amusing but way over long uh, segment where they like go into the storage closet. She's like, I need you to help me find something. And yeah, then yeah. a lot of like very like very softball innuendo statements. Yeah, she's like, just flake it like, yeah. in the light or whatever. Yeah. And, he, and I wrote, ma'am. And then this is the <laughs> thing. Hold on, let me switch my page. She's like, mm, I'm just, it's like dark in there. There's no like working light. They have like a little flashlight. And she's like, mm, is this it? And he's like, by George, I think you've got it. Which is like obviously his. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also this isn't even necessary. Like as, as soon as she led him away, I, I was surprised they went to this because we get it. We, yeah. We get this. No, we that's what I'm saying. It's not funny enough that it makes sense to be there. And yeah. it's not like we didn't understand what was supposed to be happening. They right. explicitly said this is what they were going to do yes. in the prior episode. Yes. So this it's is like precious little time left on the runtime of this season right. and the show at this point in, in general. And they're like five minutes of Lana like fumbling around in a dark room for Dick's dig. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why is any of this happening? Uh, it, it is funny though. So I mean... Mm -hmm. Whatever. I, yeah. whatever. Speaking um, of why is any of this happening, uh, we cut from here to <laughs> Coop in, you know, in the midst of this, you know, serial killer case that possibly has cosmic implications as he is dumped on us shortly ago. He's in his hotel room taking what he describes as his second meditation second. break of the day uh, and is talking at length into his uh, into his tape recorder again uh and talking, talking about his girlfriend like not talking about shit related to the case he's talking about how much he wants to like get it on with his girlfriend and then while that happens somebody knocks on his door and it's his girlfriend and she's like uh hey i have to give a speech and i haven't even thought about what i'm gonna do and <laughs> the then, thing is in three hours <laughs> yeah 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 and then he's like Real Colleen energy. Wait, and he's like, very last minute. <laughs> okay, we could work on this speech, but what I'd really like to do is get it on. And she's yeah. like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And so that that's what happens. So Coop has taken a long lunch break for this. Uh, in What's the midst so funny of this. too is, is like we said, like if this were a previous Coop, 
who who was like very in tune with what was happening right. and like and like the cosmic vibes and, and what mm-hmm. the and like you know picking up on clues like a second meditation break would make sense because it'd be like I'm tapping into it I'm trying to like you know use my weird powers for this but instead like he's just a fucking mess and he's just being lazy like he's just like yeah. oh, I'm gonna go back he's, to the he's distracted he's not on the ball so <laughs> yeah again, well, I think I think to some degree right, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. balling he's balling something but like he's you know it's so that's what I mean by I think it is on the page to some degree that we're supposed to be seeing he's fucking yeah. up here but it's also very like you know the one thing that we knew this character's strength was leading into this is like it, he seems to have lost that so <laughs> but um, so far but that's too. a really common Lynch theme, right? I mean, th- that that that's being true. overwhelmed by sexual desire specifically taking you off of your course <laughs> and to your detriment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. That's Ain't that true. the way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's so funny too is I wrote, "Don't answer the door." Like, like historically, <laughs> the room yeah. and yeah. just flinging the door open has always led to to right. a bad thing. And I'm like, you would think that he would at least implement the idea of saying, "Who is it?" Which right. is like something I do in this house, and I only live with three other people. Yeah. So, but uh, but I did like though, like she was talking, and he was like, "I don't want to talk about trees anymore." I thought that that was very smooth, and it would definitely work on me. <laughs> so, um, oh, and there's a very funny moment here where they're like making out, and his tag is up on his like for his like. Oh, I didn't notice that. And it annoyed the shit out of me. And I was like, his tag is up. And I even rewound it. But then in the next scene, it's not. And I like to, but her hand is kind of near his neck. So I kind of like to think that she was just like, I'm going to fix that for you. <laughs> Tuck it that in very much there. annoyed me. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously they do it. Good for them. Uh, probably not a great time. Not great timing anyways. for either yeah. of them. They both have very important things going on within the next couple of hours. Right. But you know, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Sometimes you get you know that post not clarity. There's a lot. Yeah, to that's true. But, and that's really what they're going for here. Um, okay, so from here, this is such a funny scene. We go from here to it, it's a pointless scene we don't need, but it is so funny. It is funny. We yeah. go to Nate. We're at Nadine and uh and Ned's house and Ed's house. Sorry. Too many ends, Nadine, Norma. Um, so we go to Nadine and Ed's house. And they are there for like a divorce mediation. And Norma's there and Mike is there. And Dr. Jacoby is the one like facilitating this mediation. But Dr. if he... Yeah, Dr. Jacoby stays being the worst therapist of all time here. Really, <laughs> really just could not fumble this harder than he but does what in is this so, scenario. You're right. He's so bad at it. But what is so funny is... It starts with her showing wrestling slides. And she's like, yes. I've seen this dude in like a minute. Yeah, it's just a painfully long slideshow of her right. wrestling accomplishments. And that killed me. That was like legitimately right. funny. Like, And also whereas... like she's like cradling the projection over this guy's ass. Oh my God. She's it's so funny because it's like you think, oh, she's I don't, like, you don't even know what's happening in the scene. And then as they are like, OK, so the divorce. And I'm like, why was that? Why was that part of the divorce mediation? So, you know, they're talking about it. And Dr. Jacoby's like, well, you know, like, do you want to, like, kind of state why you want this divorce? And Ed is like, Nadine, Norma and I would like to get married. And she's like, isn't that nice for you? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, how very lovely. Uh, I'm not going to swear. 
and but she like breaks Mike's hand bit. because she's like clenching it in she's anger so hard that he like destroys his arm. Yeah, you did skip over a wonderful bit of Nadine dialogue because the way that they kind of set up this conversation is like Jacoby's he says something to the effect of like, okay, so why did we start to separate here, whatever? And then Nadine <laughs> says, I guess it all started when I noticed Mike's buns in buns. the hall at school. Just the, yeah. the frame, the phrasing is just incredible. There. It's so funny too, because we actually witnessed that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Back when she was talking to Donna at the lockers and she was like, did you see Mike's buns? And she yeah, said yeah. buns too. And yeah, yeah. Donna was like, cool, good for yeah, you. Yeah, huh? I, I'm like, happy for you, babe. Yep. Yeah, just like trying to be supportive and nice. She's like, cool. But, um, but it's very funny. And she's just like, me and Mike have been inseparable since. So it's very funny too, because it's very teenage girlish where it's like, well, I can do this. But then when it's like, well, I'm in love with Norma, she's like, what the actual? Fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have put a dagger in my heart, sir. I have yeah. been this person without the super strength, but as a teenage girl and in my early 20s, uh, no, no, no. You don't get to be, <laughs> uh, which isn't very fair of me, but, you know, I was young, whatever. Um, So she breaks Mike's wrist and that's the end of the scene. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> We go from here to Briggs, like, hoisting himself up this, like, incline, and he's fucked up. <laughs> he is completely fucked up. And we got, like, of course, Hawk, as we've said, the only person looking for him. Yeah, we've, we've mm-hmm. got the whole force searching for him, which means Hawk is searching right. for the him. The one truck. Yeah, yeah, we have the one guy who actually seems to do police work on the uh, team. He finds him. Um, I wrote Garland is fucked up. Um, and, and from here, we kind of go right right back to the sheriff's department and um, <clears throat> more of Coop kind of, uh, you know, Andy's still looking at this petroglyph and yeah, he's like, I want to I want to draw attention to how the scene kind of opens here, because like we have, you know, uh, Briggs is wrapped up in a blanket and still muttering gibberish. He's still fucked, basically, so um, fucked. as as you say, Andy's still staring at the mural and Coop comes in like we don't have any time. And it's like, you just took like a fucking three hour lunch to like, right. just had sex. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, he's basically like, we don't have enough time for, uh, the major to sober up. We, we can't figure out anything. We're fucked. Uh, <laughs> this, this is where the show starts getting very frustrating for me. Like this plot line, like uh-huh. super frustrating. So he's like, okay, we don't have any time because, what if the Black Lodge door is a point in time? Like, there's a the right place and right time. Mm-hmm. And Andy's like, does the 4-H club have anything to do with it? And you think it's just Andy being a dumb shit, right? Right, right. And it's like, it's like, no, like, we're, we need to figure this shit out. Um, I, And we're going to go back to this, too. But mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like they cut away from it. We come yes. back to it pretty yes. quickly. So I think that's kind of where it kind of leads off. And we go from here to Pete and Catherine. And, and Andrew, Andrew Packard, yeah, still struggling to open this like impenetrable box. And they're just fucking around. I mean, it, this is another scene where it's like it's kind of funny, but also it's just kind of burning like runtime here. Uh, they're like Pete and Andrew are like fucking around with like a the vice. box in in a vice, and they're like trying to crush it, and it's not working. And one of them, they there's like a slapstick comedy bit where one of them falls over. And then Andrew just like pulls out a gun and starts shooting it. Um, and that's what finally oh, opens the box. Yeah, it it's it just like, but like the vice didn't. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't think I. 
Yeah, and like and like it's made out of a special material that only bullets can destroy. Right. Nothing else. <laughs> and it cuts to like Catherine's just very like, I'm fucking over this. This is insane. And yeah. Pete's like blinking dramatically, like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he can have little like birds over his head or whatever. <laughs> uh and and what it refer and like what's in it is a key. And then they have this like crazy, like, we don't trust each other, so we're gonna keep this key. Cause she's like, where there's a key, there's a lock. And it's like, no shit. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, we're going to keep this key in plain sight by putting it on this glass cake stand. And I'm like, why don't you just hang it up with the other keys? Like, to me, that's what I would do. And, and it's very annoying to me. Yeah, they're, and- they're doing like a weird, like... Like fucking Agatha Christie setup thing here. It's like and Pete's like you don't trust each other, and they're like no. <laughs> it's just like okay, so they put it in this elaborate like cake stand, and this is like the end of that scene. But it's it's again like why are we here? Like what purpose is this going to serve? I don't even know how this plays out in the end. Like I do not remember at all. I, I remember, but we shouldn't talk about it until next episode. Okay, yeah, no, I figured because I know yeah. it doesn't happen in this, but I'm just saying like this is so inconsequential to me. Yeah, yeah, the, the like, setup is stupid. Yeah, it's it's just burning runtime here. Uh, speaking of like weird timing, from here we cut to Donna. God, I First hate this all, plot. I, I, I know it. I've said that like 400 times uh, during the and and everything but... she does with this plot is unrealistic. Like she lives with these people 24 hours a day. First of all, her hair looks way darker in this episode, and it's really off-putting to me. Like, I don't know yeah. why. Uh, she's in, like, the most 1992 dress you could ever wear. It's, mm-hmm. like, crazy. And it's got this big red, like, bow thing at the top, and it's shoulderless, and it's just very weird. And she's obviously leaving for the Twin Peaks, Miss Twin Peaks competition. Her dad is hosting the Miss P- Twin Peaks. So he's, like, in his, like, all nice... And her mom's all dressed up. And she's like, I think right now is when we should talk about what is happening with Ben Horn. Like, what is the secret here? Why why are you doing this as you're walking out the door? Like, I don't understand any of her timing or why it was written this way. Yeah, and even the scene blocking is weird because, you know, uh, the mom and dad are just kind of like standing. Like, I mean, obviously mom is sitting in her wheelchair and dad is standing behind her just like stock still in the living room. They're going to the same place Donna yeah, is like going. Feet away so, from her. And, and it's like she walks way over to where they are, like confronts them. And then they have this very predictable, like, oh, Donna, like, we can't, you don't know what we, we don't. And she's like, okay, fine, I'm going to talk to Ben. And then she storms mm-hmm. off. And then they're just still standing there. Stop you still. Have to go too. Yeah, you, you're going as well. Like, what is yeah. this? It's it really 100% weird. would have made more sense if they were all in the car together. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now we're all in the car. We can't escape it. Let's have this talk. Yeah, it, it legitimately almost feels like it was like a it was a shot afterwards thing. Like, oh, we forgot mm-hmm. to do an insert shot to set this plot point up or something. Like, or like it, they did it way beforehand and they yeah, were like, it's, they it's so weird. Somewhere. Yeah. It's a I, very weird scene. I, uh, w- one thing I will say is uh, Donna's mom very much looking like Zoe Deschanel's mom oh, yeah. in this scene. She oh, looks yeah. and sounds exactly like, like her in this scene. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I paused it and said to Fritz, "Do you know whose mom that is?" Or like, really look at her, and he couldn't guess. But when I told him, he it's was like, like, "Oh yeah, shit. definitely. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I thought she looked a lot like her too there." Uh, and I haven't really thought that before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, it really comes out in this scene. Mm-hmm. 
So so here is where we go back to the sheriff's eye. Like we could have just had this as one long scene and it would have made way more sense. So uh, as Coop is like mentally figuring this stuff out and he's looking through like <laughs> like getting to know your black the Black Lodge for idiots <laughs> like book or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, wait a minute, that's not 4H. Those are the symbols for Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, and Jupiter and Saturn's doorways are open from January to June, mm-hmm. which to me seems like a very big gap of time. So he's like, right now. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like a six month gap. Well, like, I, I mean, uh, all I can say is that this is like the best argument for like a pro diversity workplace because like <laughs> they've been staring at this map with an yeah. astrological symbol right in the middle of it for like a week or whatever. It's like, if you had one lesbian on your staff, <laughs> you would have known this the first day. You know what I mean? Like it, I, it would be I over. also don't like, buy the coop didn't recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it But either. all his esoteric shit, you know? Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. He doesn't know this. Like even I know the symbol for Jew. Like I know yeah. that it looks like that, yeah. like a yeah. four or whatever. And so, again, it's like we're we're in this thing where it's like Coop is distracted. He's off his game, but it comes across so intensely here that it yeah. feels like it feels a little fucked up. It feels like they just didn't really think through how they were going to resolve this, and now they're just like throwing shit at the wall to try like, to pull it together. It would have made minute. more sense if Coop wasn't there and Harry was like, "Oh look, oh." wait a second you know what i mean but i mean yeah. they've been staring at this thing for like a week at this point right, anyway. right. it doesn't make any sense at all it's very dumb as this is happening of course <laughs> major is still like wrapped up in his mm-hmm. shock blanket and he's like muttering nonsense and he's like protect the queen which uh i'm assume is supposed to be shelly mm-hmm. uh because of the whole uh playing card things with windemorel um and he's like fear and love open the doors and coop's like oh i get it now fear opens one door and love opens the other. So fear must be the Black Lodge. So love, and like, you know, it doesn't really finish that thought. Right. And uh, and, and this, this is what really annoys me here. Andy, oh, and then he's like, Queens, chess, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Miss Twin Peaks, it's probably the competition. And it's like, and I'll get to why that's annoying too. But then mm-hmm. Andy's <laughs> like, hey, I need to tell you something. And he's like, not now. And he's like, but I really need to tell you something. First of all, just fucking say it, yeah, right? Yeah. This yeah. literally stretches out for the rest of the episode. And yeah, it's so very annoying. annoying, very convoluted, very contrived, Does not make any very sense. annoying. Yeah. They're right in the, and I want to stress too for later, they're in the same room as each other right now. Right, right. And uh, Andy's like going over to try to tell him something, knocks over the bonsai. They realize that bonsai is bugged. Windemarole must have sent it. They have been giving him information this whole time without realizing it, which is why he's a step ahead of them all the time. Uh, they're just flat out ignoring Andy. Mm. They walk out of the room and Andy walks out behind them. And I want to just pause on that for later. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. this is just so irritating to me. Just yeah. say what you're going to say. Like, and I feel like they wouldn't ignore him because it- like, Oh, we gotta get to the Twin Peaks thing, but then when they get there, they don't do shit. So it's like, yeah, they're just standing around, yeah, yeah. And, watching and like, the competition, right? It, it and it's like, yeah, it's an Andy thing to be a little bumbling about delivering information, but then to use this as like a draw out for the remainder of the episode, right. and he keeps going, "I'm gonna tell you something," and they're like, "Not now." And it's like, it, it's like, it, it's beyond the pale of like, you know. Suspensive disbelief or whatever, yeah. you know, it's just like it's just annoying. It's like this is the most annoying way you could have written this. You could have had Andy realize it later. He could have been at this place just staring yeah, at it after they left. Realize, you know, they, like yeah. But then they need some something to knock over the bonsai thing. But then they, that they could have done. Anything. Anything I'm gonna go get another that, cup of though. coffee. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. exactly. The whole thing is so fucking annoying. So yeah, then very annoying. 
we get to Miss Twin Peaks and the log lady is sitting at like the bar because it's just at the, the roadhouse mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Isn't it the roadhouse or is it is it like a, I don't even know. Is it supposed to be the roadhouse or is it supposed to be? I don't the, think I, it's I think the it's roadhouse. Yeah. Is it, the, it, is be, it like it the bar at the hotel? I don't even know where they are. Wherever they've set this shit up at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I but, think it's the roadhouse, but I'm not 100%. Well, because yeah. there's a bar and, and it's definitely not connected to the hotel, I don't think. But then maybe it is. I don't know. I, I don't I, it, do, it doesn't matter where it is. It's wherever the fuck they set up the yeah and the the log lady sitting like at the uh at the bar watching it and lucy's like fucking shaking it she rules M- mr mr pinkle is like trying to like feel up the log lady it's a couple weird. of times it's Are very strange it happens a couple of times yeah. it's very yeah. weird it I, I don't know what the deal with that is um <laughs> it's just actual footage of that guy like super into capital yeah so so so, <laughs> so um, be- before we get Lucy specifically, we get the group dance that we saw them oh, yeah, doing right, earlier, and they're in these like extremely bizarre, uh, like raincoat outfits that yeah, like, the yeah. clear rain uh, umbrellas. Yeah, I love. Yeah, uh, super. It's like, I don't. I don't know what the relationship between the dance and the costuming is here, and like the yeah. the forest accoutrement in the you background. Kind of feel like and it's stuff, the Pacific but... Northwest. It rains a lot. Uh, like, okay, yeah, all right. yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I thought. <laughs> Who knows? I, umbrellas are cute to look at. So that, that's that's literally fair. all it is. Yeah. Um, Bobby is like behind. First of all, finally we got some Bobby because he looks great. Yeah. yeah. And he's like behind the scenes, and he's looking at everything happening. And he's looking at the log lady. And then he looks behind him. And we have Wyndham Earl dressed as the log lady in like what is hands down his best costume of all time. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah. It's very funny, but it's also very creepy and it rules. And yeah. it's like spot on somehow. It's like yeah, yeah. Really good. <laughs> at a distance, you're like, is that supposed to be a younger? You, you can tell it's yeah. not quite right, but yeah, also right. it's like, yeah. but what else would this be? You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then. Um, but then he looks back and he's like, what the fuck, right? And then in yet another annoying thing of this episode, he gets hit by the log. It's when Merle and he attacks him and hits him. But then, like, did he drag him away or anything? Because, like, yeah, the, he, the episode Bobby just gets home. KO'd. He's just gone. Um, he's gone. Where while, did he go? While, while this particular thing is happening, this is when Lucy is doing her solo performance. Yeah. And she's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's actually great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's fantastic. I, I'm explicitly impressed with Lucy's dance here. Uh, she clearly has some dance training or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wrote Shake It, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> And then from there, and how many go. how many months pregnant is she supposed to be well, here? I don't... She's like not pregnant at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, real life, obviously, but I mean, from within the story, like no, but that's what I mean. Like, like they yeah. didn't even attempt to make her look yeah. pregnant, and yeah. I'm like, isn't she yeah. like, hey, any day now, I'm gonna have babies. <laughs> I don't know. Um, whatever. It's it's sadly that's not like the biggest issue with this. No, not <laughs> not not the slightest. So uh, then Lana comes out and she does this very like witchy hippie dance, like not yeah, not hippie like, like hippies, but like hippies. Contortionistic jazz exotica. Yeah, <laughs> that's what and, she's doing. Yeah, that that's what that's how she gets introduced. It right. really comes off as just like a vaguely racist belly dance kind of sure. thing. Like, <laughs> and it, it is like very like culturally appropriative. Yeah, they, there's this like, uh, you know, of course we have Andy who for some reason is showing up at the at the venue mm. like 20 minutes later than that's the other guys. what i that's why and, i yeah, said yeah. and, and they, he's yeah and and so now, i still have to talk to agent cooper but now he's just 
mesmerized by the right. Lana doing whatever the fuck and, she's and doing. And Coop so. is literally just watching the performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, nobody's doing anything. It, We're all just standing around. Like, not even watching it in like a in like a. Uh, I'm doing like detail to make yeah, sure. Yeah, he's, he's not he's backstage. Like, why? Why? If we know something funny is going on back here, why are none of the right. multiple armed agents going backstage <laughs> to be like, "Hey, is, any, is everything chill here?" I mean, we have an unconscious guy just like immediately stage left right now. That's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote, is Bobby's just what on the floor? He's like, am I he's supposed concussed. to believe he dragged he's... him away? Because it looked like he just took off after he hit him. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand. And that's why I pointed out that, that Andy left behind them. Why is he showing up so late? None of this makes any sense. They left together. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's so sloppy. And it's yeah. like, you shouldn't be this sloppy this far into the show. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, Audrey gives her speech and it's very like, it's just like her speech that's all it is it's like mm. the environment it's, it, it's, you have to be careful you knew what she was going to do because you knew it was being fed by uh ben basically by ben. and yeah. he already basically said what he thought the point was here um we have donna confronting ben in like the worst fucking time again mm-hmm. why is why would this but then i love ben's like we should have a meeting about this you most certainly should that's how this should have gone <laughs> right yeah um, yeah so yeah this but also scene, that gives confirmation without it, it, giving it gives confirmation, confirmation right? yeah. but i mean this scene really speaks to the kind of redundancy of it where donna comes up and she just runs down the whole subplot like she just says here's yeah. all the things that happened i noticed some funny business between you and your mom then i went up into the attic then i found the person yeah, yeah. Like, i know so it's it's very like again like we have spent a ton of screen time to just barely progress this plot that doesn't matter at this point in the story it's like it's tough i hate this i wrote her timing blows yeah, yeah. and then basically off. like she storms off and nothing is really resolved <laughs> she's like you I'm must a- be my father and he's yeah. like oh. and then like it's like okay yeah. you first of all you didn't figure this out like i know you kind of thought that but like we couldn't have had a more concrete he's my father like two episodes ago <laughs> like mm-hmm. come on um, um we have Annie's speech here too, which is very vaguely kind of like Audrey's in thematic right. sense, but it's but, also like kind of racist, but in a social justice way. Yeah, it's it's very much like your alma mater's embarrassing land acknowledgement, uh, <laughs> like you know, statement. It, it's very, you know, and and this wouldn't matter except that, it, you know, spoilers for like two minutes from now in the podcast they're they're gonna say that the reason annie wins the pageant is because her speech is so good and it's like come on like it's like the bit to me was almost that like she couldn't come up with a good speech because they spent all afternoon knocking it out instead of like you know working on her speech and it's like no you're supposed to think this was the best speech yeah it's like what he's like and it, it like genuinely boils down to indians she said Indians yeah. really love the land. Yeah. And like that's it. Like they just they're just a people right. that love the land. And and maybe maybe we could learn something. We can learn from that. that. Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, learn that they're not called Indians, but okay. <laughs> uh and then it cuts to like Dick crying over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dick is, is really like losing his shit. <laughs> uh uh, so then from here, we have like a, a confrontation between, it's not really a confrontation, but it's a moment between Lucy and Andy and Dick. And she's like, you know, uh, I have chosen, regardless of who the biological parent is of my child here, I have chosen Andy to be the father. And Dick's like, fucking rad, dude. 
yeah great <laughs> like they like high five and he's like oh great job and he like shakes lucy's hand because he's just like i already i got like pussy witch earlier today yeah and I just don't care about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just not worried about this at all. He's so psyched. And then, uh, and then um, he's like, well, that rule. And he's like, that rules, but I have to go find Agent Cooper. And she's like, men. And it's like, <laughs> what? Well, it's, it's it's interesting that Andy was able to talk to Lucy here, but he's still somehow not able to talk to Coop in this whole I, experience. Right. I wrote, this room is seven by seven. Yeah, yeah. It's not that hard to find. <laughs> Why is it? It's just so frustrating to me. It's I know just I'm lazy. It's just it. lazy. Yeah. It's very lazy. Like, in terms of how it's thought through and set up. It's just like, it doesn't, nothing is happening. It's not interesting. It's not good, like, storytelling. It's just nothing. <laughs> no, it's so dumb. Um, from here, Annie wins. The they they crown her the winner. Lana, of course, is infuriated. <laughs> uh, and I would be too if I, you know, jerked off Dick in the in the right. closet. <laughs> yeah. so it, she, she's at it. the she's at the baby of the year contest. Right. Like, I didn't need to do the oral. She did um, need to do <laughs> right. It, it didn't help though. Like she didn't need to do it because it didn't work anyway. Uh, Norma looks beautiful here, by the way. Just want to point that out. She always, always. Looks beautiful, but she looks like especially beautiful right here. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, like the and then this is the bit where, like, the mayor's like, "Well, what, what, what happened, Dick?" And he's like, "The speech is too good. Speech." She is gave too good. a beautiful speech. Is what he said. <laughs> but then here. So as they're like crowning her and all this, there's a blackout. And then we have one of the most, I actually texted the boys about this last night because we have one of my most hated things in all of film and TV, which is like a strobe light effect. I cannot watch them. They give me an instant migraine. Uh, I remember I saw this movie uh, in the dirt or something. I started to drive in with Brian, my friend Brian and like most of it was like a strobe thing. And I had my head down the whole time. I was like, I can't watch this. Uh, and I don't like strobe effects. I think it's very frustrating. Uh, there's smoke. Uh, everything's crashing and banging. Nadine gets hit with like a, like a sandbag thing, which is very like out of Carrie. Like it's a very Carrie-esque thing. Well, and also, you know, I was just thinking that what Nadine needs is another traumatic brain injury. Right? So like, you know, that's a... <laughs> uh really good that she got involved in that um yeah i i feel similarly and it's kind of frustrating because to a degree i think the effect works it feels very chaotic people are it's like disappearing chaotic. into the smoke and stuff like that but it's like the visual choices are so distracting here that it like it it, it almost undoes what is effective about it like right. there, there's there's kind of these like little explosions that are going off and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it like, it comes about that. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. Earl has apparently rigged some little shitty explosives up in here. And he's got this dumb little, like, it, it looks Remote like a thing that you use thing. to control like an RC car in 1985 or something. And he's like going, and it's making like, bleep, bloop, <laughs> like, like original run Star Trek sound effects. And he pushes the buttons on it. And then like, There's little like a little, happen. there are like lights on it too. And I can't tell if they're actually just like, they look like that because of the strobe or if they like super impose. Exactly. It looks like crap. Like what, whatever, so like whatever they way. did, whether it was post-production or it's just the effect is strange because of the strobing. It looks like crap. It, <laughs> it's it's really it's so bad. Yeah. And and we have like like people like 
don't panic this way and then we have like doc grabs annie but then like Wyndham, because he's still dressed up like the log lady he's like i'll help you to annie and she's like okay and then he chloroforms her and and all this stuff is happening and coop's just kind of like oh and then andy finally gets to coop and he's like i have to i was trying to tell you and he says it in the most excruciatingly slow way i was trying to tell you it's not like a whatever it's a map and I wrote, yeah, no shit, we already know that from like two episodes ago when Wyndham Earl said it. Yeah, yeah. And they that's how the episode ends. It, but, but like, that's your payoff here <laughs> is that some of the other characters. Oh, oh Matt, we can't. It looks like a. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh oh. We've got a technical difficulty. Yeah, I mean, so while, while Matt's unscrewing his mic situation, it's just like. It, it's rough because okay. the payoff yeah. is just that now Coop knows what we have known for three episodes and it's delivered in the dumbest, like least dramatic way. Yeah. And then uh, roll credits. Like, yeah. I mean, All I was saying is it, it clearly looks like a map. Like right. if you saw yeah. that, you would think it was a map. That's it. Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, like the end of that episode, I think it was the episode before maybe. And when the like, Oh, it's a map. So it's like, okay. So this whole Back right. half of this episode, we've had Andy freaking out trying to tell him something, and it's something we already know. Right. And he's telling him in the midst of all of this chaos, and instead of just yelling, hey, it's a map in the room. Right, or in like, as you're, okay, you're going that car, we go in that car. By the way, it's a map. By the way, yeah, yeah. You. Or just stand there and look at it and go, it's a map, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very frustrating to me. So, yeah. Agent Cooper, I'm trying to tell you that. that, that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's kind of how Andy is. But like you have played it in the dumbest way that has right. tried everybody's patience. And like, you know, it doesn't feel consistent to the character that he would respond inappropriately to something that was a serious revelation, you know? And it's <laughs> funny too, considering like no spoilers, but considering like his role in season three. Right. It's so funny that like he's so bumbling here in a way that doesn't feel realistic yeah like it doesn't even feel realistic to like early like episode three andy when he was yeah, like stepping right. on floorboards and stuff yeah. it's like <laughs> you know yeah but uh yeah and that's how that episode ends so it's like okay so so again we have one episode left and we've spent this episode uh dealing with norma and ed and nadine's situation and like <laughs> like Donna Donna's shit. dad. Yeah, and, yeah. and like will will Jack for some reason his name is Jack now ever come back? Like it's just so and then what we have of like the actual important stuff is just so sloppily done. And and the last episode was so good, and the next episode is very good. Mm. So it's like, why is this shoehorned in here? I don't yeah. get it. It's really painful. <laughs> painful. Ugh, and that's it. <laughs> So, I mean, is there a producer Matt situations happening? A situation. Um, well, <laughs> uh, not too much. Actually, just a, a more personal thing. Um, this episode airs June 10, uh, 1991, yeah. which uh, happens to be, would have been the day after my birthday. We're recording this on June 11th. 2023 so it's the two days after my birthday that would have been a day after my birthday so i would turn 12 oh 12 years old that year so yeah it, it is funny because i was look we were looking at like the air dates and um and fritz was like oh look like for the next one he's like that's like 32 years ago like today yeah, <laughs> and, yeah uh, wild, and then right? when yeah. i went online to like post something 
it was all like, oh, happy anniversary to the last. And I was like, oh, what a cute timing. I know. It's too bad it wasn't like a great episode also. <laughs> I know. It sucks. Uh, and then also the strobing thing, which I had to I had to shirk my producer duties and shut off that part of the episode because oh, that's an immediate migraine for me. Yeah. But it also uh, is kind of a bummer because it puts it squarely in that early 90s era where like Metallica, Pearl Jam, every music video was doing this kind of strobing thing and was just very popular and of the moment. Um, and it's just sort of a, a lame way to do that to make something so uh ooh, this is freaky all of a sudden yeah, yeah. i can't stand it I, yeah. I mean i at least understand the thinking because it's like you know earl is apparently like trying to use the rigged lights for the show mm-hmm. like you know so it i mean it makes sense that that would be a thing that he would use you know mm-hmm. but it's it doesn't make it watchable for it to happen you right. Know? right no oh yeah, that's uh, it. That's was, was that it was that mm-hmm. the only producer corner thing yeah i mean as far i mean everything else i, I already chimed in with the the lander thing yeah so, nailed yeah. the mr pinkle situation there. yeah yeah <laughs> um another interesting timing tidbit is yesterday when i hopped on our twitter account uh i realized that it was our four-year anniversary of making the account which means it was oh, our four-year anniversary oh. of deciding to do this podcast which means it has taken us four years to get through two seasons well, but I mean, I know we did. We are yeah. not as consistent as other podcasts, and we took a very big break at the beginning of the pandemic, so it makes sense. Right. But I was just, yeah. oh, how cute that it's our like Twitter anniversary while we're getting ready to record. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I'm very excited to finally be through season two. Next episode, yeah, we should be having a special guest, uh, Andrew Gravis, who runs uh, 25 Years Later and Horror Obsessive, and um. I believe there's another website he does too that's sports related that I'm not as familiar with. But Andrew and I have been Twitter friends for a few years now. I really like his insights. Obviously, as a whole website, like pretty much built from dedicating uh, to like the Twin Peaks memory and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was like, I'd love to have you on the show. And he was like, I would love that too. And he was like, I'd love to do the last episode of season two. So hopefully next month we'll be recording that with him. And that will be very, very fun. Uh, I've also talked to somebody about the movie. They We might have a special guest for at least part of the movie. Uh, we're going to figure out how we're going to tackle the movie and the missing pieces part off, off yeah. mic. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just no, let's nice. do like 20 minutes of logistics conversation. Right. Yeah. Wrap up the, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited. And I know I'm not speaking just for myself to be moving into movie territory and season three territory. And then yeah. we're even going to talk about the books afterwards. So it's that's it's all it's yeah. all pretty much bangers from here on out. Yeah. So I'm it's, very hyped uh, for season three. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to oh, be <laughs> I, I think it's going to be and we're going to have our best ability to talk about the whole, like the show as a whole, the yeah. universe as a whole. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that uh, the best is yet to come here. Me too. And I'm very excited for it. So uh, on that note, I will bid you adieu and we will <laughs> see you soon. Uh, again, my name is Colin Carney Hefner. I'm Chris Pruitt. Producer or not. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.